Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KYW Original Podcasts. The Philadelphia Eagles fell to 3-6-1 over the weekend in a 22-17 loss to the Cleveland Browns. It is not looking good for the Eagles as they have four more difficult games ahead of them with six games to go in this season. Ray Dittinger's on the line to help break it down. Ray, yesterday on Eagles postgame live on NBC Sports Philadelphia, you were bringing up how this team has a lack of identity. So I, I guess to follow up on that, who's at fault for that clear problem with this Philadelphia Eagles team? Uh, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it would probably, it's people want to point the finger at just one person and uh, it'd be easy if we could do that. But uh, it, re- it really goes sort of top to bottom. Uh, it goes, you know, I look at the roster. I don't think it's particularly good. Uh, I look at the game plans uh, and the overall offensive design. I don't think it's very good. Uh, I look at the play calling uh, on both sides of the ball. I question a lot of that. Uh, and then you look at the individual performances of the players. Even when plays are there to be made, they're not making them. You know, receivers do get open, but Wentz will miss them. Um, you drive the ball all the way down the field, and Miles Sanders, who is probably their best offensive player, gets it down to that 10 yard line, and he fumbles. Uh, you know, you hold the you hold the Cleveland Browns running attack, which is a really good running attack, in check for the first half, and then you wilt and collapse in the second half. It goes all across the board, uh, and it would be it would be a lot easier and it would be a much simpler fix if you could just say, yeah, it's this guy, or yeah, it's this phase. But right now, it's pervasive. Right now, it's through the whole. It's through. Everything. It's through the offense. It's through the defense. Special teams aren't very good. I don't trust the scouting department. Uh, and I mean, everybody wants to make the decision about the quarterback, and that's the most obvious one. But and he's certainly part of it. But it doesn't. It doesn't end there. Uh, I mean, this is a team right now that has multiple, multiple problems. And you saw it yesterday. I mean, a, a very winnable game uh, that got away from them. And uh, and now. You're right. I mean, uh, the stretch of, of five really tough games, this was probably the most winnable. And it was winnable into the second half and probably into the fourth quarter. But this team right now just isn't capable of winning. And Carson Wentz is under that spotlight. You talked about how it's how everybody is at fault kind of here. But Carson Wentz is the one that everybody is zeroing in on this morning. What do you make of number 11 at this point? Right now he's playing... Uh, and the statistics will tell you this, and I can't argue against it. Uh, right now, he's the worst quarterback in the league. He, he is. I mean, uh, if you look around the NFL right now, um, the way the game is set up, the way 
the way the game is officiated, um, with all these spread formations and the passing game evolving the way it's evolving, uh, quarterbacks are putting up big numbers everywhere you go, including rookies. Uh, You have, going into this weekend, you had 10 quarterbacks in the late 10 that had quarterback efficiency ratings over 100. It used to be, not all many years ago, if you had, in the course of a whole season, you had maybe one, maybe in a really good year, two guys hit 100. But going into this week, you had 10 guys that were over 100. I mean, quarterbacks everywhere, including, as I said, rookie quarterbacks, are putting up huge numbers. You've got Wentz limping along in the 70s. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not just off the pace. He's way off the pace. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult to fix what's wrong with this team unless you fix the quarterback. And you keep hoping, I keep hoping, you keep hoping, all the fans keep hoping that this is the week. This is the week that'll happen. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, with that first Giants game, that rally, you kind of thought, okay, maybe he's coming out of it. But since then, I mean, he's had nothing but poor performances, and yesterday was just more of the same. How does a quarterback go from where he was? not just in 2017, but the promise he showed in his rookie season. How does a quarterback go from that to what you describe as the worst quarterback in the league? I don't know. I, I don't – is it – how much of it would have to do with the injury? Is that part of it? I, I definitely think that uh, he doesn't look like the same guy since the injury. He doesn't, he doesn't have the same mobility. He doesn't have the same escapability. He doesn't make – the same kinds of plays now that he did before his injury. But I don't think it's just that. Uh, I think that what's around him now isn't nearly as good. You look at that 2017, you look at that 2017 team, the offensive line was very good. I mean, even after they lost Peters, Vitae stepped in and played not Peters level, but certainly adequate. You had Brooks, Kelsey was playing very well. Johnson had a great year. Uh, they got good play out of Wisniewski at left guard. The offensive line was very good. Uh, they had a three-back rotation that all worked just perfectly. Um, and the receivers were good. I mean, Jeffrey was new to the organization, was, was happy to be in Philadelphia, was a really productive receiver who you know, pretty much caught everything he threw his way. They put, uh, they put Nelson Aguilar in the slot, and he sort of found a home in there. And he played with a lot of confidence first time in his career, and he made some big plays. And Torrey Smith, even though his numbers weren't spectacular that year, uh, he gave you a legitimate deep ball threat to kind of set up everything else. And every week he would come in with a big play or two. Sometimes it was a catch. Sometimes he would force a pass interference. But everything in that offense just fell right into place. And Wentz was the beneficiary of that. Well, this year the offensive line has, has never been together. I mean, yesterday they played with their ninth different offensive line configuration. Very hard to be successful when you have that kind of constant change on the offensive line. The receivers have just not been very good. You've got a lot of young guys in there that are just trying to learn how to play. Uh, and the running game has been effective in spurts, but the coaches don't seem to have the confidence to stay with it. So, I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, it's, it's a whole big mess of things. And ultimately, everybody kind of winds up pointing at the quarterback, and he's certainly part of it, but he's not the whole thing. And that's why I think that Peterson – is sort of pushing back against this idea that a quarterback change will somehow change everything. You know, they they obviously don't want to go there. They don't want to open the door to a quarterback controversy. But guess what? Given the way Carson Wentz is playing right now, a quarterback controversy is inevitable. Do you think that there there is a legitimate argument to make, Ray, that 
with how poorly Wentz is playing, and it's 10 games. He's clearly not improving. He has not improved through 10 games. There really hasn't been a consistent stretch where he has performed well this season. There's been, you know, bits and pieces. Do you think there's a fair argument to say that the Eagles owe it to themselves and the fans to at least see what Jalen Hurts has as they make this ridiculous playoff push here? Um, no, I don't think it's a matter of... Uh, no, I, I don't think it's a matter of... Um, if you're suggesting that they're trying to, they don't want to hurt Carson Wentz's feelings. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the idea of catering to the quote unquote face of your franchise. Uh, I, I think that they're just looking at this as the best decision with the team. And I, I feel like Peterson isn't ready to give up on Wentz just yet. Uh, and I also think that if you're looking ahead to the next game, if you're looking ahead to Seattle, um, you know, Seattle right now is the 32nd ranked pass defense in the league. Uh, their pass defense has just been awful. Uh, I mean, the only reason that they've been winning games this year is because Russell Wilson has been outscoring the other team. But Seattle on defense, and specifically in terms of pass defense, hasn't been able to stop anybody. Uh, their opponents, good, bad, or indifferent, are completing 70% of their passes. They're giving up an average of 360 yards a game, an average. That's how bad that their pass defense is. So I think that Peterson is looking ahead to the Seattle game as a game that our offensive game plan is going to be built almost exclusively around throwing the ball. And right now they just haven't asked Jalen Hurts to to absorb very much of the passing game. So, I mean, even though Wentz has been certainly bad more often than he's been good this year, uh, and his decision-making is certainly called into question, and his accuracy has been lacking. I think that their feeling is that they still have, if on a game where they figure to come out throwing the ball and they're going to throw it for four quarters, they have a better chance to, to make plays and win that game next Monday night against a bad pass defense with Seattle with Carson Wentz, who has the experience, over Jalen Hurts, who doesn't. So factoring in everything that was said yesterday and, and, and the fact that the Eagles are playing a Seattle team that does not have a good pass defense, do you think it's the right decision, Ray, to stick with Carson Wentz at least for another week? I would. I would. Yeah. Um, I understand there's a, a tremendous amount of public pressure. Uh, I mean, uh, the polls, all the polls, the one that we did after the, after the postgame, the pick and click on the postgame show, uh, went heavily towards the question was, is it time to is it time to bench Wentz and play Hurts? It was very significantly. It was it was very significantly. Yeah, make the change. People are just tired of seeing Carson Wentz. And this morning on WIP, Angela Cataldi asked the same question, and it was even a greater number. I mean, uh, with with time to think about it, people are even more convinced that they want to see the change. Not that anyone at this point uh, has all the confidence in the world that Jalen Hurts is going to come in here and be the savior, but they just feel like, what do we have to lose? I don't think anybody's buying the idea that this team can somehow turn this thing around and win this division, even as bad as it is. I think people have kind of written that part of it off. Uh, I just think that people are just tired of seeing what they've been seeing week after week, and they feel like, okay, maybe Hurts isn't isn't of the finished product right now, but could he possibly be worse than what Carson Wentz? Could he possibly be worse than the worst quarterback in the league, which is what Wentz is right now? That's where the fans are, but obviously the coach isn't there with them. Mm-hmm. Ten games in, what's your assessment of of, of Doug and and how he's coached this this team this year? Uh, not well, not well. Um, uh, I think that uh, uh, the whole offensive system just seems to me to be out of whack. 
And, uh, you know, Doug is, um, uh, he, he just seems to be, I guess the term I used on the, on the post-game show yesterday was, I just think his offense lacks identity. You know, you're 10 games into the season, and they're still trying to identify something that they do well, something that they can kind of hang their hat on and begin kind of building around. Uh, they have to find that. I mean, if you and you had a really good, I thought, very good example of it yesterday in, in the Cleveland Browns, who are not by any means a great team. I mean, they're seven and three, and they've made great progress under Kevin Stefanski, but they're not a great team. They don't have a great passing game, especially without Odell Beckham Jr. Very limited, actually, in what they can do in the passing game. But they know what they are. They know what they can do. They can run the football. Their line is good. They have two really good backs. And they're just going to pound it, and they're going to pound it, and they're going to pound it, even if they get shut down for a half, which the Eagles' defense, to their credit, I mean, played really good run defense for a half. I mean, you had Chubb and Hunt right around 20 yards in the first half. Um, but Cleveland didn't, you know, they just said, that's, that's fine. We're just going to come out. We're going to keep running it in the second half. And the passing game just all works off the running game. So even when that part of their team isn't clicking, they know that's what they are. They know that's what they have to do. So they're just going to stay with it and work everything else off it. Uh, and ultimately, in the second half, the, off- the offense kind of got cranked up. The running backs broke off some runs. Chubb wound up with over 100 yards for the game. And it made, made Baker Mayfield with the play action and the rollouts, it, built, it made their passing game look a lot better than it really is. It helps if you, if you know exactly what you are because you can play to that strength. The Eagles right now don't have one. You know, they, they can run the ball a little bit, but they don't trust it enough. Frankly, Miles Sanders hasn't helped himself by turning the ball over in some key situations, and it was a big one yesterday. And ultimately, when you look at the passing game, which is what this team wants to be, and Doug wants to throw the football, that's, that's his style of football. Right now, you have a line that can't protect, and you have a quarterback that can't find open receivers, and you can't get the ball to, the, to them when they do get open. So it's a, it's a complete kind of meltdown on offense, and... It's not entirely on the coach, but it's largely on the coach because he just doesn't seem to have any answers. Should he give up play calling duties? I th- uh, well, I don't think he will because he uh, he he really likes doing it, uh, and he believes in his heart of hearts that he's good at it. He he suspects. I think he himself is looking at this kind of the way the players are looking at this season. That you know, I'm really good at this. I'm just having a bad year, but I don't see him handing it off. Not would. Would I, if uh, would I think it would be a good idea? Yeah, I, I do. I've seen I've seen really good coaches, um, really good coaches, uh, get into a stretch during the season where things just aren't working, and they say, you know what, just to change things up, let's just try this and just hand the play calling off to one of the assistant coaches, whether it be you know Marty Morningwig, you know whether it be Press Taylor, you know whether it be Rich Scangarello. I mean, Lord knows they don't have any shortage of offensive coaches. Just let them, just hand them the hand them the flip card and say, look, you take a shot at it this week. See what you can do. Sometimes a different approach, a different voice, a different set of eyes sometimes works. Uh, And when you're having the problems the Eagles are recurring week after week and you're showing no signs of progress, in fact, you're actually going in the other direction, a little change probably isn't the worst idea. And that's one that I would – I'm not advocating a quarterback change right now. I'm really not. I would stay with Wentz at least for one more game. But the idea of possibly – Doug handing the play calling off to one of his assistants. Yeah, that's one I think I would probably do. And last one for you, Ray. When was the last time you felt things were this bad for the Philadelphia Eagles? My first one will be the last year of Chip Kelly. 
but that's not but that's not really fair because that was that that was breaking down for different reasons. Uh, that was breaking down for different reasons. Uh, I would say um, I would say the last year of Andy. I, I would I would say the last year of Andy, the the dream team year, because uh, because you had the feeling um, that that the Andy Reid era had had, ju- had just run out of gas and come to an end. Uh, and uh, the roster was bad. They had had some bad drafts. They brought in a bunch of free agents that were just a bad fit. Uh, by the end of that year, everything had fallen apart. By the end of that year, the team had stopped playing for Andy. I mean, that, that final game that he coached up in New York, the 42-7 to game, I mean, the players just, I mean, they, they didn't even bother getting off the bus that day. I mean, everything had completely fallen apart. The team had quit playing. The team had quit trying. They had given up on the coach, and the coach, in his own mind, I think, had already moved on. So that's the the latter stages, the last three, four weeks of the Andy Reid years here were probably the last time that you knew. But that's but the difference is you saw that coming to an end. You saw you knew everybody going into the last month of the season knew where this was headed, that Andy was going to go and they were going to have to start over again. This is a different situation. I don't get the feeling, even as bad as things are right now, that Jeff Lurie is going to part ways with Doug Peterson at the end of this year. So in terms of answering your question, the last time I felt it was this bad was probably the end of Andy, but it was a different set of circumstances because you knew you were headed towards a coaching change. I don't think you're there with this team right now. Well, the Eagles have six games left. They play the Seattle Seahawks next Monday night. Uh, their chances for the playoffs, as silly as it sounds, are still mathematically intact, but I'd say very dim based on the way that they're playing. Ray, uh, we will not preview this Friday because it's a Monday night game. We will preview Eagles, Seahawks next Monday morning. Look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks for the time. Look forward to it too, David. Take care. Take care, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.